Welcome to the Working Hands Podcast. I'm your host, Tony of Woodland Iron, joined by Keith of Blackthorn Concepts and Chad of Chad's Custom Creations. What's going on, boys? How's it going? <laughs> so what's going on, guys? You guys getting excited for Maker Camp? There's a lot of buzz going on the social medias about Maker Camp already. There is. I just saw where Jimmy was talking about bringing one of his big band saws down and doing demonstrations. Uh, I'm pretty excited to see that. Tony, but- Tony, like 10 <laughs> seconds in this time. 10 <laughs> seconds in, Jim, Jimmy Sorry. comes right out of his mouth. He won me over with the bandsaw. I think that's going to be really cool just to get to see him in his element. And I also, like, I don't mean to say it, but I feel like the bandsaw is probably kind of like his pacifier. Like, it's going to be his comfort because there's going to be a lot of people and he'll have that one thing to keep him busy throughout the week, weekend. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it'll be good. I hope you're coming. If you're coming, let us know on our social media pages. We'd love to have a chat with you. If you want to, maybe we'll get a recording with you on the pod. If you want to join us on the pod for any reason. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was think I was talking with the guys. I thought it would be a good idea to maybe have a table set up at the event. I'm going to bring one of my old laptops that I don't really care too much about. Bring my mic and just give a chance to kind of learn about some, some new people. Give a chance for people to kind of just say who they are, what they make, and get their name into the community and share it with others because that's one of my favorite parts about Instagram, YouTube, and podcasts is sharing of knowledge, getting to know one another, and helping each other to level up in some kind of way. So I think that'll be cool. And I wanna I wanted to say this. The first year that I went to Makers Camp, I was really nervous because I didn't know anybody that was going to be there. But I want to say, don't be afraid. You're going to meet people. People are very inviting there. Everyone's super nice. Um, so if you don't have a friend to go with, just know you're going to make a friend. I think I I met Keith within about 15 seconds of walking down into the event. I, I said, you know what? It's now I'm go. stuck on a podcast with the yeah. guy. <laughs> <laughs> You've been warned. You've been warned. At least I will be there. And if you have no one to talk to, come find me. You can find me too. I went solo the first time. I think Tony did too, right? You brought your girl though. Yeah, she was with me, but for the most part, after dark, it was just me. <laughs> she went back to the room most nights, so I got playing in the uh, in the little forging area. So I'm excited to see a lot of the new, like they're showing now, that uh, Broadback's got a tent, uh, Cole Ironworks has got a tent. Like there's just seeing that little bit of stuff, like that's, it's going to be much larger than it was the first time. I mean, we had that one tent with the forging area with modern forge guys. And then I think it was a new England blacksmith association. Not sure. It was one of the, one of the Northeast blacksmith associations that, uh, that came in and had the little forges there for everybody to play with. So that was, that was my highlight. I mean, a lot of, I think that was a, felt, for a I lot felt, of people. I felt like that time there was an adequate amount of forges too. Like I was never wanting to get on a forge and I couldn't except for maybe for like a half hour. Oh, I was always wanting to get on a forge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was good and, and it allowed like some of the some of the young kids and stuff to come in and, and play a little bit too, which is good. Yeah, it, if you're local or even if you can make it from far away and you don't mind camping, uh, I highly recommend going, calling up, getting some tickets and going. Yeah. I think they well, do day passes well day of too. Like if you're that, like if you're within a drive up and drive back in the same day. I did it for the hammer in. I was three three hours away. And I went up. I did some blacksmithing and came home the same day. And it's worth it. It's a fun time. 
Yeah, I, th- I think after the first one, they realize what they got. So it's going to be it's going to be bigger this year for sure. That and I think everyone had a little fear of missing out, you know, so no one wants to miss <laughs> it this year. So that they had two years of everyone talking about how awesome it was. So everyone has had time to plan because of the delays with COVID. Yeah, definitely. And I don't know if you know, but I'm doing the Maker Camp Maker Swap. So if you are coming, check out that hashtag. Uh, make something and come put it in a exchange with your fellow makers. We'll talk more about that maybe next week. That's gonna that's gonna be cool. I've been trying to rack my brain on what I plan on making because I want it to be really unique and good, like worth trading with somebody. I want them to be proud if they end up with my item, not like oh crap, I got Chad's item. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean that's the whole point is to uh, to show off your skills. So it'd be cool if everyone comes and, I mean, obviously if you're a furniture maker, you're not going to bring a table, but, you know, bring something that kind of shows off your skills. Yeah. I've already seen the hashtag for the maker swap popping up. Somebody was machining something. I saw like springs and I don't know what it was, but it looked cool. Did you see that? No. Not yet. I I haven't. It looks like one person's making maybe a little knife. Um, one person's doing some 3D printing stuff. I know I have a cool idea. I'll tell you guys about that next week. Uh, I don't want to tip my hand just yet. <laughs> but um, So, yeah. Give me a good idea. I feel like since there's a bunch of makers, if, if I could create some type of tool for making that goes along with it, I think that would be a good item. Not to give away my idea. You can't take that. But I'm, I'm starting to lead down that path. I want it to be some type of tool. You want to make a tool for the event? Yeah, never made one before except for push sticks on the table saw, but <laughs> it'll be a good opportunity to push myself into something new. So thanks, Keith. Thanks for uh, putting this together. And I know you and Stu over at Yellow Mug Yellow Inc. Mug? Yeah. So speaking of making tools or just tools in general, you want to head on off to the topic for the week? What is the topic? I, I, well, I say we talk about uh, when's the best time to spend money on a tool. Versus uh, when's the best time to skimp on a tool? Anytime I have money in my pocket, I want to spend it on a tool. (laughs) (laughs) Especially cash. If there's cash floating around at my house, I'm just on Facebook Marketplace looking for something to buy. I'm bad like that. What's your approach? I buy most of my tools used, yeah. But, you know, I hunt for the right tool sometimes. Like, But there are tools where I just, if, if it's available, I get it, so... What would be uh what would be a tool you would not skimp on if you were buying a tool? Mm, well, I would not skimp on any tool that could bring danger or harm to myself. So if it came down to like a table saw, uh, I mean, I would not go with oh, referencing back to your old table saw, like an old Walker Turner, <laughs> based <laughs> on the gap that you told me about where the blade in the in the table surface is. I'd probably that, that was only dangerous for if you should have been doing something with a zero clear. And then it was very dangerous. But <laughs> other than that, it was just fine. Yeah. And and I'm sure you made a uh, made profit on that anyways. You're you're good at buying the used tools and and flipping them like that. So. Yeah. Well, I had to restore it and get a fence and a miter gauge, source all those parts, but it it seems to be there's specific tools that never come up for sale as used. Like for example, you never see, well, at least I never see like a saw stop table saw come up for sale. seems like whoever buys that, they keep it for life. It almost seems like 
Well, that, well, I mean, that's the point of the topic. Like, what would be your lifetime tools? Like, what what would you save up to have the extra money for to buy that particular one versus uh, running out to heaven forbid a Harbor Frigier and getting a uh, <laughs> or you know. Princess Auto for our Canadian kin. <laughs> they don't yeah, make but, table saws. <laughs> Like for me, I I I I, I own a couple of good grinders, but I wanted a, another grinder for like because I hate replacing the wheels. And I went to Harbor Verger and spent nineteen dollars. Yeah, it's like nothing. Put a wire wheel on it and went to town. Yeah, so, some sometimes that becomes good, like especially in a metal shop with the grinders and stuff. Like it helps with the workflow. It keeps you more efficient if if it's a nineteen dollar grinder from wherever. It doesn't really matter if you can go from cutting wheel to a grinding wheel to a to a a wire wheel with just grabbing different things. It, it makes that makes life so much easier. Yeah, it really does. And they they don't make the switching out the different attachments on grinders very easy. It's almost like I think that's a safety issue. Yeah, maybe. But it like when I'm out there welding on a piece of metal and I need to grind it down like clean the surface before welding. If I've got the cutoff wheel on there, I'm getting up trying to use the cutoff wheel to clean my metal when I should be using a flat disc. That that is that is a do not do, no one ever do that. That is yeah, do not do do not do it. This what is Chad where does. we have to get that lawyer speak. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this Chad, is the- Chad's opinion. <laughs> yeah. Chad's opinion is Chad's sole opinion, and not the opinion of those on the Working Hands podcast. And even worse, the grinder I'm talking about doesn't even have the guard. I bought it used. Oh, it didn't have the guard, man. so it's just a spinning blade you're, of. You're death. not allowed to talk about metalworking ever again. <laughs> just no. <laughs> well, hold on now. I feel like <laughs> I can guarantee. I can guarantee he is not wearing his safety goggles when he does it. Oh, safety squint is it? Just a safety squint. No, I've learned my lesson. I, I at least have one pair of glasses on if I've got metal metal shavings going. Yeah. Uh, except just a few weeks ago, I was using the CNC and it was cutting metal. And I was looking up real close on it. I was like, is it doing a good job? And then I felt something hit my eyebrow. And I was like, oh, oh no, back up, back up. <laughs> yeah, you, you forget the CNC can be dangerous as well. You need to treat it like it is a, it's a tool. It's a dangerous yeah, tool. Yeah, so for me with, with like a grinder... Um, I say that it's nice to have multiple grinders, but I still have one rat tail grinder and that's it because I, I still change them out between each process, but it becomes, it does become cumbersome at times. And I wish I had that, you know, couple extra grinders, but I only have two and the one I use for grinding with a grinding wheel on it. And the other one, I wanted to put a wire wheel on it. I hate it going back and forth. So for under $20, I got a wire wheel and a grinder. From yeah. Harbor for Jay and just the, went with it. The trouble, yeah, and the thing, the nice thing, I hate changing wire wheels. You got to have a glove on when you're changing a wire <laughs> wheel. It's just, I don't care how tough your hands are. <laughs> <laughs> Goes right into the hand. Yeah. Well, my thing is, is if I buy a junk grinder to be a, a secondary grinder, then it's going to get very little use because now I'm not swapping it and getting an hour for use out of it i'm getting a half hour from the grinder and a half hour from the wire wheel yeah that's definitely something i'm making these numbers up but no no i'm i'm with you though that's that's where i'm at with it because my main grinder that i have right now is a five inch grinder and it works great it's a makita clone like another company made it but it's essentially the same layout as the makitas which are beautiful grinders 
anyways, the, uh, I find that one just works just great. So it gets most of the work. And then if I had a secondary one, it would be something that was like, was the wire wheel because it, it wouldn't get as much work in my shop as far as, as far as that goes. Thinking of different tools. I mean, the table saw, you know, everyone wants to spend a good fair bit of money on a table saw because in and I'm speaking from the woodworking shop, but that would be the center of your workshop. You know, for you, Tony, it would be maybe the anvil. I don't know. Maybe a hammer. A lot of, a lot of centers to my workshop, I guess, because you got the anvil, but then you've also got the vice. Like the vice gets a lot of use and abuse too. So um, that's definitely something that I didn't want to skimp on. Like when I bought it, I got a good deal because it's used. It's, I think it's well over a hundred years old, but uh, jeez. Yeah, it's, uh, I looked it up. It's a, called a, it was built by Duckworth. I don't know. <laughs> I've never heard of it before, but I found it as a, it is a company that existed at one point in time. So if it's lasted a hundred years from being hammered on, I'm sure it's going to last. Oh yeah. I'll never break it. But then like, that's something like I could have cheaped out and just bought like a four inch tabletop or bench vice and probably broke it the first day I used it, you know, and spent probably the same amount of money. So that's why for me it would made it made a lot more sense to wait till I found the right tool more so than spending the the difference between spending the money on, on that case. Yeah, so think like uh well I guess the welder, right? A welder. People always say you don't want to buy a cheap welder. Yeah, no, that's a lot of people with no experience usually end up buying too cheap a welder cuz you don't want to spend the money, but it, it does make a difference. Like I I've got a Lincoln 140, I think it is. It's just a MIG, it's MIG only. It'll do gas and and flux core. I use it only with flux core, and I've had pretty good luck with it. It's the first small MIG flux core welder I've ever been like, yeah, this is a pretty good welder. Most of the time, they're terrible things. Hard to work with. They just don't. It's tough when they're 110 voltage. If they're not built right, they just don't give you the power that you need. You, you don't get the heat, and then they just they work like crap. Do you have a potentiometer for selecting the voltage on yours mine has just a high and low i've got the Harbor yeah Freight so special. that's yeah so mine mine doesn't have mine has certain stops it's got okay. a through e so a is the lowest and then e's the highest and it, it works pretty good and once you start spending more money than what i did then you get into the ones where you can actually dial it right into like the volt the actual voltage that you want instead of just this preset that they have. Yeah. But then the the wire feed on mine is not like a it, you actually set that with and it's a smooth smooth potentiometer that you don't have like presets that you have to stop at. Okay. So you can actually dial dial in your wire feed and that infinite a, dial. Yeah. Right? Isn't that what yeah, they yeah. call it, infinite dial? Something yeah. Yeah, cuz that's one of the downsides to the Harbor Freight, at least the cheapest one. It has the speed control on the spinner, so you can really dial in your speed for the wire, but not the voltage. So if you're doing thin material, it's really easy to burn straight through it, and you get that bird poop on everything, of course. Because I'm still using the flux core wire that came with it. I'm sure that's probably one of those things you should throw away as soon as you buy it, like a table saw uh, blade. <laughs> no, fl- flux core has its places. I mean, I mean it's... the Harbor Freight brand flux core that came with the machine. Oh, maybe I I can't speak to that at all. I've never me either. But I can speak to the guy who's going to buy the Harbor Freight welder is probably the guy who's going to be he's going to go and buy the Harbor Freight wire too. So <laughs> if he throws away the roll that comes with it first time, 
he's just going to replace it with the same stuff. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, it's, I think it was a good buy for me because I do very minimal welding. Like the only things I've welded is, uh, well, recently I did a, a cart, like a wooden cart. I did the, the axle for that. I did a pallet breaker, welded that together. Nothing's pretty, but it's all pretty structural, which is good enough for me. So, yeah, I have a uh, welder that was given to me by uh, uh, my uncle. It's a craftsman, so I don't know who actually made it, but it was branded craftsman, and okay. um, it doesn't work. I can't oh. get the wire. F- I can't get the wire feed to feed right. Huh. I've had it for years. I've tried whole different stuff, but that is, but. That's that's kind of one way to think about it. Like, do you buy the cheap tool? And if you see that you're using it enough that it wears out, then you know that it's probably time to upgrade to like the pro grade version of whatever that tool is. So again, like it doesn't make sense for me to have like a gas welder because of the, the style of things that I'm creating currently. But that might change in the future at some point. Well, I think if you had a gas welder, that may change the style of things that you're making. That is very true. Thinking back because to my time in college, we did have those nice gas welders. And yeah, the welds came out pretty. Even if, even as an unexperienced person, we were able to create some pretty looking welds. And you're right. If you have the right tool, you're more inspired to, to use it. Yeah. When I was welding in college, I was pretty decent at TIG and MIG and stick. I could do it all. Now, it's been so long since I've done it. I don't know if I, I would have to fight pretty hard to relearn how to do it. Yeah, I've done I've done all three processes as well, and I think TIG I could pick up pretty good again fairly quick, but stick would be a lot of swearing, I think. <laughs> yeah. A lot of swearing, a lot of broken rods. <laughs> but, I mean, if you're buying, that goes to show, though, like if you're buying a tool and it's wearing out, there's other things, too, that you can outgrow in your shop, not just if it wears out. Like for me, I only have a six-inch joiner, and it's a little short bed rigid one. It works perfect for everything I do. I'm not doing massive timber. So for me, that's a perfect size. Will I outgrow it? Probably, but I don't need it yet. So I think a lot of people, think they get on social medias or something and they hear all these talking heads saying, oh, you got to get at least an eight inch joiner. And then they, they don't even get involved in doing it because that's they feel like that's all they have. But maybe they only have access to a four inch and it would have been just fine. Yeah. And something you got to remember with that stuff too is even though you've outgrown it, that what that item could still has inherent value so someone you could you could flip it and get some money out of it and pay for the next item yeah and definitely jointers i don't know what it is but there's there's always a hot market for the jointers um as far as like facebook marketplace or not if you see them pop up they are going to sell pretty much right away um it was i I think we should go ahead and talk about my jointers i used to have a four inch jointer it was oh an old one I can't remember who it was made by. Rockwell. Rockwell, that's right. Yeah, it was the deluxe Rockwell, four-inch, belt-driven. And Keith knew about it. He knew that I didn't really like it. And Well, at the time, I had the same one. Oh, did you really? Well, when we had originally talked about it, I had the Delta four-inch oldie. So you knew the struggle. (laughs) Yeah, I hated it from the day I bought it, but it came up my table saw in a purchase. Yeah. As far as like edge jointing, it did fine, but- when you get into face joining an edge, it just didn't have enough power or surface area to do any substantial boards. And then Keith found a jointer up in New Jersey, a beautiful jet, and uh, it's in perfect condition. It was at a great price. 
And he said, hey, Chad, there's a jointer up here. Do you want it? I said, yes, here's my money. Take it now. (laughs) (laughs) So I got the option to buy this jointer uh, with a planer and a dust collector. I didn't want the dust collector. And in hindsight, I should have bought that too. But I offered it to Chad. I said, hey, listen, I'm going to go check out this planer. Are you interested? Because I had already got my new joiner. I said, are you interested in the joiner? Jo- I was joking. I'm just going to show off that I was going to get it for such a good price. <laughs> oh, you were so naive. And he instantly re- responded with, take my money and buy it now. <laughs> I, I, I will get it from your house to my house, which is a topic for another day. Yeah, but you didn't expect Chad- that, did you? No, but what Chad doesn't know is there was a couple hundred dollar price tag on this and a couple hundred dollar price tag on that. And the guy gave me such a good deal that I basically paid nothing for what I wanted in Chad bait for my <laughs> item because the guy bundled it up when I got there. He's like, I just wanted it out of my garage. Take it. And everyone left happy because even though you got a deal, I still got a really great deal on that joiner. Yeah. I think by the time I sold my joiner and my planer, I walked out of there with, uh, I got my new planer for practically free. Yeah. And, and I don't mean to, it kind of sounds like we're all bragging about our, our <laughs> the length of our jointer beds, <laughs> the length of our, our knives. Um, <laughs> but like Tony was saying earlier, it comes down to efficiency. That old jointer was slowing me down. And now that I have this jet jointer, it's smooth, it's quick, it's a joy to use. I actually joint things that I normally wouldn't joint otherwise. Like normally I just, eh, it's, it's flat enough. It'll probably glue up if I put enough pressure on the clamps. Now I'm like, oh, I get to use the jointer, baby. Here we go. Now time for some shavings. <laughs> it's flat enough. It will probably glue up fine. Our words, every person who calls themselves a woodworker has said. <laughs> Not really. If you own clamps, you're definitely a woodworker. What? What's your next woodworking tidbit, Chad? Uh, just stick with tight bond three. I don't know. <laughs> if you want a random tip, skip the two, go to three. <laughs> so really, you just get it flat enough before you glue it up? Depends on what you're making and if the wood's bendy enough. <laughs> hey, because you, you know there's actually a technique of, oh gosh, what a is it? A spring joint? Oh, yeah, yes, that's, a spring joint where you- That's not what you were doing. No, no definitely not. <laughs> But, you know, a lot of the stuff I make, make are signs and they're so, not structural. So if you were in your shops, guys, what would be a tool that you would say either I did save up to buy or I should have saved up and bought better? So for me, it's more of a, I will save up because I haven't bought one yet, is a good drill press. Like something that has very good variable speed, something that will run a big bit. And then run fast enough to run the smaller stuff too. Because right now I've got a cheapie that's was given to me. So it was the right price. But it doesn't have the variability. Like I think the slowest is like 400. And when you're dealing with like half inch plus bits, they it's just not, it's not slow enough. It's too fast for those, for those bigger bits. And, uh, and then it's just such a pain to change the speeds too. So um, that is probably my next purchase is either. A re- either a good um, drill press or some sort of mini mill kind of idea, I think will be my next big one. Yeah, I, I like the idea of a of a nicer drill press. I am still using the drill press that my late grandfather used when he was a carpenter. 
it gets the job done. It's it's uh, belt driven. But I don't know if you guys have seen the video that David Picciuto did. He bought, I think he found like one of the most expensive drill presses you can find. It's like computerized. The Nova? Yeah, it's the Nova. So it'll come down and it, if it gets to a certain depth, it will reverse automatically and raise itself back up. It has some really crazy features. So if you guys are looking for the high tech Tony Stark drill press, go look at the Nova. It might be a little bit too much for most of us, but it's pretty interesting. Say, how's, how's that work in minus 40? <laughs> Probably not going to be good. Yeah, I might, that might sh- shut not the computer down. Not to go down the drill press rant, but I just, uh, I haven't gotten it yet. I'm going to pick it up actually at camp from somebody, but I just bought myself a new drill press, a new old drill press. I'm getting a, a baby buffalo, one of those old school little buffalo drills. Oh, that nice. sounds cute. That. Well, I have a Harbor Fruget one now, and that thing it can't drill through pine. It'll save its life. So that okay. one's going to go down the road soon. So, and to get back at what other tools to like save up for or whatever, I was, I think I've talked to you guys about building a treadle hammer yes. with the foot powered hammer. And I then can't the wait more, for that. well, yeah. He's going to buy it. He's well, not going to no. make it. No. No. Well, that's the thing is either do I spend the time, effort, and money on the treadle hammer or do I buy a press because I've been looking at it. But then that comes into effect is that the press is uh, say 2,500 bucks. I don't, I'm not even sure. I haven't even really looked at them, but then that comes into, then I need to get 220 in my shop. So then that adds that much more. That just adds that much more to my, uh, to the cost of, of that press. Right. So here's where, here's where my dilemma lies. Like, cause I know I can do, a treadle hammer, which is a cool project, and it'll be awesome when I'm done. And it it will have an inherent value when I'm done. Somebody will pick it up after I'm after I'm done with it and move on to a press or what or whatever. But I'm, here's a question: I'm contemplating. Do they do the exact same thing, or is a press and the treble hammer could they be used? Like, could you see a spot for both of them in your shop? Uh, yeah, there's a spot for both. But not physically. You know what I mean? Physically, I don't have the space in my shop to do it. Right. As but you're as, also as talking far about- as workflow, it could work for both because there are things that that uh, treadle hammers are really good for, and there are things that you know a twelve ton, like a smaller twelve ton press, would do just fine. But you've also mentioned about adding on to your shop at some point. Yeah, and that that so could here's happen. Where, here's <laughs> I mean, where- there's a lot. There's a lot to think over. That's for sure. Here's where I'm going to be the bad devil on your shoulder. Oh, yeah. You're over here. I know. <laughs> yeah. If you get the press, say a Coal Ironworks one or yeah. whatever that company is, right? Yeah. You link up with them and you get a press from them. Could you use that to make the treble hammer? Uh, treadle hammer would be, um, no. There'd be, I mean, maybe. But it's one of those things that you just weld it together. Oh, it's a weld-up thing. It's not a blacksmith thing. No, it's, it's, you can it's make more the of a hammerhead, I guess, right? It's more of a fabrication thing than anything else. Uh, hammerhead, not really, because usually you just use a square block. I mean, there's nothing, nothing too spectacular about the head, the uh, the the hammers, but it's more or less. I don't just know steel. the difference in either one, but it sounds like one would be more for the love of the craft like it's almost like a hand tool situation because you're using your feet and the other one is uh, productivity yeah no you're right you're you're bang on with that so like, like for me would- i love when i break out the old hand tools and 
and start finessing wood that way. But if it, I only get so much time out in the shop having a full-time job. So I like the table saw, the drill press, the joiner, you know, I like all that too. So I could just go out and knock out a project in a weekend. So for me, if I were you, I would get the press. If you're into wanting to make more, if you're just doing it for the love of the craft, then make the, then make the treble hammer. What's it called? Treadle. Treadle. Treadle hammer. But it probably would make him tremble a little bit as it's working. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, okay. That's that's Keith's take on it. Here's my take. You build the treadle hammer, Keith. You video it. You put it on YouTube. You collect the revenue from that video to pay for said press. Boom. You're welcome. Thank you very much. That's a, that might be an all right business model. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It can work. I'm a little camera shy for that, but we'll see. Well, there's many different styles to YouTube. You don't have to put your face on there. Yeah, I will see. There might be a there there might be a project in the works in the next few weeks, anyway. So we'll see. That's exciting. I, I like the the sound of that. Is this your Maker Swap project? No, that uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. That I still have made up my mind yet on. But no, this is the uh, the other tool that I picked up this week off of uh, the Canadian version of. Craigslist Kijiji. I got a uh, a uh, old rivet forge. It's busted, but it's got a blower that works and a pan that I can fix. So that's going to be the next project. Did you post it on your Instagram already? Right? Yeah, I posted just the the current condition. Then I'm going to work away at getting that. So that that's an item that like for me and that like you're right there with the love of the craft. Like I I have had more fun building my shop honestly, than I have actually working in my shop. I still enjoy working in my shop. There's still great pride in what I'm doing there. But the most fun I've had over the last two years has been going out there and doing everything that I've done. Like I started with a shop that was, well, it was a shed that had lawnmowers in it and was falling apart. The squirrels had taken over (laughs) and I turned it into a working space. So that's, that's been a, a, taking a lot of pride in, in doing that. So it'll be the same with this, uh, with this old forge. Absolutely. Especially but, the condition that you've gotten it in. Uh, guys, go check out the pictures. The entire <laughs> bottom of this rivet forge is gone and replaced by some kind of demonic looking t- <laughs> woodworking blade. I don't even know. Yeah, I've never was, seen teeth like that before on a blade. Yeah, it's an old saw blade of some kind. It's like uh, something from a smaller old school sawmill as best I can tell. Yeah. So. Like, it gives a character though. So is that welded in there or is it just gravity held in place or held in by no, rust? No, it's, it's welded in there. Like I carry, I brought it home in the truck and it was sitting on its top, like sitting with the legs up in the air. So it was, if it wasn't attached, it would have fallen out. <laughs> yeah. It looks like one of those cheap fire pits that you get and you burn in it and you burn in it and you burn in it. And then all of a sudden the bottom falls out. That's what he <laughs> yes. bought. But yeah. in place of the bottom, they put a, a uh, sawmill saw blade. <laughs> well, I think I think that's the that's the problem with that style forge is that it they they don't take a lot of wear. I don't think they take a lot of wear and tear compete compared to like the old some of the other the other ones that have a fu- a, a fire pot that's like half an inch thick and you know that can take some abuse. Yeah, but I think that that pan is consumable is the best way to put it. Hmm. But we'll uh, for the amount I'm going to use it. I plan to just try a few forge welds with it and maybe work it into some processes that I'm doing. So 
it isn't just a project. It's more, it is something that I've been wanting to, to have around the shop just for certain, certain items. Well, I dig it. I think it was a good buy. I'm all about restorations uh, and things like that. Seeing something. Yeah, I think it's going to be a fun watch. That was left to die and you're going to bring it back to life and use it to create more is, it's inspiring. It's very cool. (laughs) I'm here to inspire Chad. (laughs) Yeah, I'm. It's literally what I envisioned for my, I kept saying barbecue last week, which is such a stupid thing to say because that's a type of food, but my grill forge that I'm going to make, I'm going to model it after yours because you, you got the hairdryer on the underside, you've got the pan for your coal. It's going to be great. I was just looking at my grill. I was cleaning my deck and I was like, here's my forge. I see you. <laughs> You're going to be making stuff soon. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it'll be a fun, it'll be a fun project. I'm hoping, I am actually hoping to do some sort of video with it. Um, but then I found myself out there today <laughs> pulling p- pieces off of it. And then I was like, oh no, no, I can't do that right now. I, I got to get the camera out. Uh, it's such That's a, a p- dilemma. Yeah. I find myself doing the same thing very often. But if you have your phone with you, just well, pull your phone out, get some uh, horizontal footage. Even if it's not the best, try to get something. So this is what I did. And I went out. I grabbed, I was playing with the blower to see what, see if it, how it was working. And it seems to work pretty good. So I'm happy with, that was the biggest thing for the money I paid a working blower. I could build the rest. It's not a big deal. That's pretty amazing. That blower works. (laughs) Yeah. It's a little hand crank. It's a smaller one. It's not one of the the big ones that you see. Oh, it's hand crank, not electric. Yeah. It's hand crank. So anyways, what I was doing was I was, I was the hand crank. It's got a wooden handle on it, which I've got a buddy of mine. That's going to turn that for me. He's going to turn a new one for me. And, um, I was looking at the handle. I was like, ah, seeing how the, the pin goes through it. And then it's mushroomed on the end. So it's not like threaded in. It's actually like, yeah, it's just peened over so that it holds it in place. Then I grabbed a hold of it. I'm like, oh, well, grab the vice grips, took the handle out, put it in the vice, started grinding the, the peened over piece. And I was like, oh, what am I doing? I'm supposed to take a video of this. So <laughs> I was starting to do stuff. And, but that's, that's the dilemma people have with stuff when you're doing when you're doing work. Sometimes it's it's tough to stop, grab a camera, and stop what you're doing. So, but absolutely, yep, yep, yep. Especially if you're under a, like a client project and you've got a deadline going. For me, my dilemma is okay. I can't stop and set up a camera to take a video to share this with people who haven't paid for it. I have a person who's expecting it to get done. So a lot of times I just won't even film a lot of the things that I make just because it needs to get finished and get out of the shop. So I, yeah, just, I wish I had like, like I know Google talked about Google glasses. I, I know they made some of these, but they were like glasses that had a camera embedded in it. I just wish mentally I could just say, okay, start recording exactly what I'm looking at, exactly what I'm seeing at all times and not have to worry about memory, not have to worry about a battery dying on me. If I just had that at all times. So it would be great. So you want Jarvis? Yes. <laughs> I need that. <laughs> and I want it to automatically edit my videos and cut out all the boring stuff. <laughs> so you wouldn't have a video then? Oh! <laughs> oh! Tony's oh. quick with the burns! Well, as quick as I can be. <laughs> Man. It's, pre- uh, it's pretty easy when it's true, Tony. Yeah, yeah. It looks like it cut them pretty hard. That is how it goes. Though. I just finished an edit. I think there was like over an hour of footage. And after going through it like six times and trying to cut out all the fat, 
an analogy that somebody gave me was killing your baby, basically, because this all this footage is your baby and you have to go through and nip and cut away at all the parts that really no one's going to find interesting. Yeah, that's an old editor's term, killing your baby. Yeah, it sounds awful. Here I am talking about keeping kids and killing babies. Sound like an awful father. But <laughs> I got got the video down to nine minutes and I'm I'm trying, like, I have been spending a little bit of time on TikTok and it's very... Boom, 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 boom. Action, action, action. But TikTok it, it is not everything. That's the problem. With yeah. Everyone says, oh, TikTok's the hottest thing right now, right? True. It's the hottest thing right now. Instagram used to be the hottest thing. Instagram was the hottest thing when it was just photos. Then it was, you could do a 30-second video, and now you could do IGTV and make it hours long if you wanted. Yeah, it's actually and reversing Every right time now. they did it, it was great. Right. And now everyone's cutting it down, cutting it down, cutting it down. Why are they cutting it down? They're not cutting it down because you're not watching it. You're not watching the longer form stuff because it's not as interesting to you. Yeah. So if somebody made a longer form item and it was interesting, that's fine. We all go to the movies. Well, I don't go to the movies, but we all watch movies, <laughs> right? We yeah. all watch TV. Look at it used to be movies were the big thing, right? Could you imagine Game of Thrones being two hours? No. Long form mm. is just as good. As the 30 second clip, it just, the problem 30 second clips are so popular on TikTok or whatever is because it's only 30 seconds of content, whether it's a girl dancing, you're not going to watch her for more than 30 seconds. Or if it's a guy making, um, a threaded tap, you're only going to watch it for that 30 seconds. Cause if you watch the entire build, you'd get bored of him sanding for four hours. <laughs> That's true. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. But We'll see. I mean, I think you're right. I think it's like with the more experience I get in the different trades, some of the more menial tasks have become less exciting, less fun to watch, I guess. And it's it's interesting to see how my videos have developed. Like I used to show a lot more of those things, a lot more time. And now looking at my most recent video, it's 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 cut down to nine minutes and it's a huge project. So like it's action throughout the entire thing. There's not really a dead spot. In so what it. are you worried about? It's nine minutes, but if it's nine minutes of decent content, it's nine minutes of entertainment. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, Keith. It's 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 gold. It's perfect. Well, you said nine minutes, but in the TikTok <laughs> world. Yeah, I know that would never survive in TikTok. I was just saying I'm trying to edit down a little bit more aggressively than I used to. Cause I mean, Keith, you're you can't lie. What speed do you listen to your podcast on? As fast as the podcatcher will go. I think uh, Apple, I, I do two times. Uh, if I listen on Spotify, I think it goes to three and a half. So which like Keith is living in a different dimension than all of us. <laughs> well, I, I like to get in a lot of content. It's not, that, but just because if I go on YouTube, I watch all YouTube on two times speed, right? Even so, the people who speed up their thing, I watch it that much faster. So when you watch my video, it'll be four and a half minutes. <laughs> if you watch it. I was going to say, when I watch yours, it'll be the first 10 seconds and the last 10 seconds say, oh, oh. yeah, I, li I liked how it came out. Oh, man. Thanks, Keith. Thank no, you. I'll watch the whole thing. <laughs> but uh, I do watch everything real fast. I listen to my books, <laughs> my audio books fast, everything fast. I guess we run a little slower up here. <laughs> I, I don't speed. I tried it one day. I tried like one and a half speed one day after you said it. And I was like, no way. Like it just, it, it killed any comedy. It killed the timing for me. But oh, see, I've been doing it for so long. That's the timing for me now. But my thing is like, I played this podcast. I went to listen to 
I don't know, one of them, I wanted to rehear it after I lived it. So I played it and I played it. It, it was on Spotify at three and a half. And since I was there, I was fine because, you know, I knew what we were going to say. And then I went down to one time because you were complaining, Tony, that there's no <laughs> way you could listen to it that fast. I'm like, let me try what one time sounds like. And we all sounded drunk. Like, <laughs> if you're listening to this on one time speed, you, I, I would think we all sound drunk. That's how slow we're talking. I guess you get used to it. It's like, have you I ever- get so used to it that I can't. I went down to one time speed the other day on a podcast I was listening to. It was a comedy podcast. And the three of them, they sounded like I went down to half speed. And I'm like, who can listen to this at the speed? Huh. It's interesting. Like that sensation you get when you run on a treadmill for like 30 minutes and you're running in place, running in place, running in place. Then you step off of the treadmill and you take one step and it feels like you take 10 steps forward. I'm wondering yeah. if that's how Keith lives his life. Like everything just seems extra slow to him maybe <laughs> man i like things cruising by yeah he looks like he's built for speed <laughs> <laughs> low center gravity. i'm like a sports car i gotta get me low to the ground i'm not built for speed either just just so we're clear oh man <laughs> i'll be here all week <laughs> see that's the question would that be funny at three times speed be hilarious trust right. me i know I just want to. I want to be a fly on the wall while Keith is listening to a podcast. It, are his eyes like going back and forth at like five times speed, or is he like enjoying it, laughing, absorbing the information? I feel bad. Like we keep picking on Keith and his speed issues. Are you on drugs, Keith? <laughs> you take speed. <laughs> I, no, I, no comment. I want. I want to put this out there to all the listeners. What speed do you listen to us at? Because I, w- I wonder what the general consensus is. Because there's got to be a reason why all the podcasters and every audio book and all that have a speed option. And I'm sure it's not for everyone to be like, oh, one and a half times speed is too fast for me. <laughs> well, as long as they will listen to our podcast two times through, I don't mind them speeding it up. <laughs> yeah, everyone needs to listen to this podcast at one time speed and then go back and listen to it at one and a half times speed and then go back and listen to it again at two times speed. <laughs> and you let me know which way is best, but make sure you listen to the full catalog at each of those speeds. Is is there a halftime speed? That would that'd be fun. There is, <laughs> yeah, but I don't want to subject anyone to that little that much time. That's that, Keith's that, worst nightmare right there. Yeah, that would be a yeah, you would sound drunk at that point. <laughs> I'm gonna figure out how to get you into my car at the maker's camp, Keith. But hey guys, let's go to lunch. Y'all wanna wanna ride? I'm gonna put on a podcast at halftime speed. I won't get in that car mm-hmm. <laughs> for a variety of reasons, but most notably the halftime speed podcast. You shouldn't have told him. Oh my word! Oh man! Well, I know. Could you imagine if I do get this fast talker that gives me the? Uh, if anyone knows anyone who could talk that fast that wants to do the Chad's opinion, so I can enter it in when he gives his. I use the cutoff wheels a grinder statements. <laughs> I would love to have that fast talking guy speak and then I think you're our guy for that, Keith. You do it. I'll just speed you up on on the sound editing <laughs> program. You're already pretty quick. You just gotta record the clip and then we're good. All right. Maybe I'll be that guy. <laughs> but if any, if anyone wants to be that guy, let me know. Yeah. Uh, All right, well, uh so we got about ten minutes left. Um me. Uh, another big question was uh tools that we're saving up for Keith or is there any tools Oh, that I'm saving up for? Yeah. What, are, yeah. What, are you, what are you seeing in the future? Uh, I want a real CNC machine. <laughs> Ouch. 
Yeah. Um, I got more about that in the after show. So hang on. Hang on for that. Well, what kind of housekeeping do we have? Do we have any reviews? We do have reviews. Oh, my favorite. Settle in, boys. You guys have not read these yet, right? No, nope. I have no idea how to get to them. Oh, good. Because I have a doozy of a review from my good buddy, Andrew, over at Hatch Made It. And unfortunately, he left this one on 831. And I just found it today because it was an international one. I'm going to read it. But bear with me here. I got to. I have it here. I got to pull it up if I knew how to use my computer. All right. You ready, boys? Ready. <laughs> the title of this podcast is Best Podcast I've Ever Left a Review For After Only Listening to One Episode. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> <laughs> so this seems like a good replacement for the late and lamented Reclaimed Audio Podcast. It has the appropriate ratio of hosts. Two Americans and one Canadian, <laughs> if I am not mistaken, as well as the appropriate balance of lasers and anti-technology banter. It remains to be seen if one of them will start making guitars, but we'll have to wait and see, I suppose. Anyway, it appears that they have also taken on a challenge of reading all the five-star reviews, so I guess I'll have to put that to the test. He said he would read anything. Does that really mean anything or is this going to get edited for example i once wrote a 25 page paper on the brain related changes caused by glyphosate exposure and how that affects autism rates wow. if i were to copy and paste that would you read it keith would you interestingly <laughs> there is no casual link between exposure to glyphosate or roundup and autism However, autism rates do seem to be higher in areas where agricultural chemicals are heavily used. Anyway, where was I? Ah, uh, <laughs> yes. They, they, they really, <laughs> will they really read everything written in a five-star review? It's funny how tangents distract you from the original topic. Speaking of papers I've written, that definitely one of the things <laughs> I've learned after writing literally hundreds and hundreds of research papers is how to stay on topic. Writing a technical paper is kind of like writing a review. You have to be short and to the point, otherwise no one is going to read it. Oh. It's also <laughs> important to use clear language. It's not a place to show how root or knowledgeable you are. You definitely shouldn't make a pavilair about the subject, or you may end up discombobulating the reader, thus losing their comprehension of the subject matter and are trying to, that you are trying to convey. Anyway, back to the subject matter at hand. Glyphosate. <laughs> no, no, wait. Wrong podcast. <laughs> I should really get back to work. I'm going to have to listen to the extended back catalog, all six episodes, before I can give a definitive answer as to whether this truly deserves a five-star review. But episode seven seems like a good start. After all, the only reason I downloaded Apple Podcast onto my phone was to leave this review. Apple <laughs> Podcast is a terrible app, just saying. I hate how it organizes things. It buries functionality under layers of other stuff. So annoying. Kind of like when people who just won't stop talking. Don't you hate that? When people just keep talking and talking and talking, especially when they don't have anything to say. Have you, have you ever noticed old men are like that? Old guys just have to say something. You'll be standing in line looking for parts somewhere and an old guy will start trying to strike up a conversation with you. Maybe he's lonely. Maybe I'm lonely. Maybe that's why I've spent the last half hour or so typing on my phone to leave this review. Maybe I'm that old man striking <laughs> up a conversation. Oh, no. I'm going to get back to work now. 
Besides, my fingers are starting to tingle. Keep up the good work, and thanks for filling the void in my podcast catalog left by Reclaim Audio and the Dusty Life. Or should I keep going? No, enough <laughs> is enough. Woo! Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think so, we walked ourselves right it's, into that, that one. man some water. <laughs> oh, Ooh. man. That's not water. <laughs> the only guy on this podcast with a speech impediment has to read the <laughs> has to read the damn reviews. Oh, and Andrew Batch Maiden's got a fright that that's that's uh, uh I think uh, that review deserves its own podcast episode, honestly. <laughs> oh man. I actually think as I was reading, I was thinking about it, but you should really edit that in and speed up my voice. <laughs> I may have to do that. And the only problem is <laughs> slow it down. <laughs> slow, slow it down. No, 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 no. no. Oh, there man. are there are other reviews, but after that lengthy review, I think I think Andrew deserves his only the only review to be done for the day. So Absolutely. I'll save the other reviews for next week. That oh, was awesome. That was a beautifully crafted uh, review, there, Andrew. We uh, we really appreciate that entire thing. <laughs> Hatch made it. Go look him up. He is a fantastic follow. He makes awesome stuff. And he's an all-around good guy. Sounds like a funny character. Definitely gonna go give him a follow right now. Yeah, oh. I am. Uh, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to send him a message after that. <laughs> that was impressive. I well, would. I would not have read that entire thing. Just. Just. <laughs> but I will ask. Just keep it a little shorter than that. But please leave all the reviews you want. If it's five stars, we will read it here live. Uh, it doesn't matter what you say. Kinda. Um, we'll read it. Uh, no, we've, you, we've proven right there that no matter what you say, we'll read it. I mean, that was probably a five-minute read. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently, there's no character limit on Apple Podcast either. That's probably something they should correct. At least not at least not overseas. Oh, wow. <laughs> overseas, we're attached. It's <laughs> international. It's international. Man. You know what I mean. You got um, to drive through us to get to another part of your country. Come on. Like No, we... We have planes. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> well, we need to thank our patrons, I believe. Uh, do we have any names to call out? I, I feel bad for putting Keith on the spot, especially after reading that. I think he needs to take the bench. Tony, do we have I don't any, do patrons. Do we have Patron any new names? Yet. I know we have patrons, so I will take this moment to just thank those who have continued to support our channel. Um, we, uh, we really do appreciate that, and we're looking forward to to ways that we can use your investment to further the podcast that we have here. We're already talking about doing some stickers and t-shirts and having those at the maker camp here in October. So that would be a good place to put some of that money. Well, we're still sitting at uh, the same amount as we were. Okay. So I think we, uh, we are thanking our patrons and no new names, unless you guys want to upgrade your names to the every week shout out payment plan, which would be, <laughs> Exciting. I'll probably have to put my name on there a few times just to, just cause you know, I'm a Chad. I like hearing my own name called out. You're the Chad. The Chad. If you have any questions for us, you can hit us up on our socials or our email, which is workinghandspodcast at gmail.com. If you want to reach Chad, he's at Chad's Custom Creations on all the socials. Tony's at Woodland Iron on Instagram. I'm at Blackthorn Concepts. With that, see you guys next week. Later. <laughs> oh, man. I couldn't help. I held back as hard as I could from laughing at that review. Holy Jesus Christ.